All right, podcast, welcome back. It's been a minute. It's Rob, and I am back. We have a brand new episode for you. It is April 1st, April Fool's, but there's nothing fooling around here. It's quarantine edition, and I'm going to have Ed Stahusky, a good friend of our podcast, on to talk about all things fishing. Let's go ahead and dial him up here. What is up, home skillet? Hello, is this a Paris? Ah, bang, 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 bang. (laughs) All right, podcast, so we have a good friend of our show, Ed Stahusky, he's been on. It's been a minute since I've had him on here, but we're going to talk about anything and everything fishing. I know he's probably going nuts because he's stuck quarantined just as I am. So, Ed, how long is Ford holding you hostage at your home until you can go back to the office? TBD, my brother. We have no idea when we get to go back. We're just told that uh, in the, I guess, the line of work I'm in, that I can work from home, Um indefinitely at this point so we will see when we get to return uh and if we have to wear masks when we go back it, all kinds of weird stuff being kicked around yeah interesting time so yeah i'm stuck here till april 30th minimum not going back until uh number 45 there says go ahead so you interesting a good time. isolation ship oh yeah only the best yeah. no i will say one thing the, the blessing is uh being home with a family the wife and my son and He's keeping us busy. It's uh, definitely interesting when I have to take some calls for work and try to isolate myself in another room when he's whining or <laughs> getting into something. But yeah, it's a right. modern challenge as a telework. Yeah, it's fun. I, you know, my kids are a little bit older, but uh, I've got three dogs now that are just you know a barrel of fun. Uh, <laughs> one a little bit older, and he just sleeps on my legs uh, while I'm trying to work on my laptop, which always makes it interesting. You know, people hear the snoring on a WebEx, and <laughs> they probably think it's me, and sometimes it is, but most of the time it's my dog. I try to do a better job of hiding it, but uh, yeah, they eh, can't help it sometimes. <clears throat> yeah, right. man. So I don't know. I th- I think this um, COVID nineteen, SARS CoV two, whatever you want to call it. It's definitely kind of uh, wreaking some havoc and, and a lot of guys' plans for tournament fishing and just fun fishing. And the main thing is uh, following social distancing and all that good stuff. But I know you were itching to get out and fish that first event of NWT out in South Dakota. Yeah. So what oh, are some sure. of your thoughts about that? I mean, that got pushed back a month. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in a weird situation right now. Anyway, I let my, uh, my 19 boat go earlier than I usually do. I usually like to have the 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 current boat to the 20 sitting in my hands before i let the other one go and i was like ah it'll be fine so now i can't even fish out a friend's boat <laughs> you know social distancing whatever you want to call it just yeah. don't get the corona yeah um so uh i've been kind of just uh landlocked here but yeah uh, they pushed uh the tournament out a month which makes sense you know with, with everything going on who knows, you know, what uh, the state of affairs will be in South Dakota. Plus, we have guys coming from all across the country. And, right. You know, you don't know if you can get out of your state anymore or not, uh, let alone what's going to happen when you cross borders. And for me, you know, I go into Illinois or, you know, up through Wisconsin if I went the other way. I'm, well, I don't know. Are they going to let me through or, or anything like that? So I, I'm glad they, they did what they did, you know, because – that's the best they could do. Right. Um, you know, it, it's interesting now because all the, you know, the homework we did about, oh, you know, this is where they should be this time of year, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, throw yeah. that all out the window and, right. and, and, and go back to the drawing board, which is fun. I, I don't, I don't mind that part. So, 
Um, but it'll make it interesting because um, the the eerie one, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with that now. That's the always the closest one for me, you know, unless there's, you know, an oddball one out of uh, uh, the Detroit River. But, uh, you know, it's even closer for me than Saginaw Bay. It's just, yeah. You know, it's only, you know, um, 70 miles from the way the crow flies for me. So, so yeah, it, that's unfortunate. Uh, and it's a fun time of year to fish there. I mean, I'm sure a lot of guys are looking forward to that event. So it, maybe they can move it, you know, um, or, or find some other way to get us back to Erie. Or, you know, it, worst case scenario, we come back to Erie, you know, in 2021 and uh, uh, get to get a, crack at all those fish that will still be there yeah uh, for sure year. so but yeah that one usually draws a lot of guys just because you know Erie is the it's the walleye capital of the world i mean there's there's no doubt about it if there ever was you know this resurgence that we have in the lake right now kind of like yeah crush crushes every other lake in my opinion so. yeah I, I mean i hear a lot of other places throw that around like they're the walleye capital of the world but um, i think uh Number and, and size wise, it, there's no debating. Lake Erie is uh, the best. Um, yeah. So yeah, you talked a little bit about your boat, and <laughs> you let the 19 go. Tell us about what you're running for 20. I, I talked to you uh, while fun fishing and stuff, and you uh, you're making some changes with the uh, 2020 boat, right? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna run a a 620 FS Pro this year with a 300 E Tech on the back. With oh, nice. G2. So yeah, they let us go up another 50 horsepower on those boats. I, that's my favorite rig by far. I've had uh, a few different rigs and it, for me, it just suits the way I fish and uh, the kind of running gun style and be able to go wherever I want to. Yeah. Um, I'm running uh, Lawrence electronics on it again. Um, uh, Minn Kota all treks up front. And then, uh, this year I'm going to do a couple other tweaks there. I, I, I better get 70 miles an hour of this boat. So, <laughs> so, so we shall see, you know, so I don't know. I get my props worked and all that good stuff just to make sure that, you know, I get everything out of them that I can. And I, with not knowing where we're, we're going to go or where the fish are going to be this time of year, you know, I might have to run 60, 70, 80, hundred miles one way. And it's nice to know I can do it on a, a tank of fuel and make it back and forth without, without an issue and you know, even having to stop. So that, that efficiency part is one of the main reasons I go with the, the 620 that and the speed, if I have to uh, beat some people to a spot that helps and it's getting harder and harder now with guys running, you know, these big 400s on the back, uh, uh, boats to, to beat them there but you know if, if you got to go really far fuel economy in that e-tech kind of kind of crushes everybody so yeah i'm just so curious so fun. for from like an economy standpoint for fuel economy and all that good stuff what is that i know you run the 250 in the past but uh for the 300 do you have an estimate on like what that'll do under a full tournament load if you're trying to rip out you know i from what i can tell i you know wide open I might lose like a tenth of a mile per gallon, but if I back it down into the same top end speed, I should be getting about the same uh, miles per gallon I was getting out of the the 250 HOs. The 250 HOs are basically like 280 something horsepower anyway. You know, okay. they're hopped up 250s, and it's the same block, different calibration to it. And 
and those two different things but essentially it's most of the bits and pieces of it are are pretty similar oh nice the um i think you were telling me a while back i'm i'm not as familiar with ranger boats but uh you know the old vs had a different type of setback and now you can run a little bit shorter with the fs can you tell me a little bit about setback and how that affects you for running your uh your trim stuff yeah uh, i always run a jack play just for uh adjusting as i go but uh hydraulic atlas setback is the basically how far back the motor sits uh behind the boat and what that does is it changes the i guess the center of balance your boat or the pivot point on your boat Mm -hmm. so the, the more setback you have the more weight you're putting to the uh, further back in your boat because four inches of setback means it's sitting four inches behind your boat six inches is another two inches further yet so the four inch setback with the e-tech it's essentially like on that g2 it's basically like a, a six inch setback so if you think about it I, you're, you're it's like a teeter-totter right and i'm pushing the weight further off the back by doing that i'm essentially getting more of the hull out of the water um and less wetted surface means uh higher speeds and more efficiency when when the conditions are right and then with the jack blade i can always like jam it back down in the water too and uh get that lever further down in there if i do get some rust stuff to to keep it from popping out so yeah it's kind of the best of both worlds because i'm getting that ride that I would get with a longer boat with that setback without carrying all the weight. And I, you've been in my boats before. I can jam anything I want in that thing and, mm-hmm. and you know, put 40 rods in there if I want to, if you do it right. So uh, I've never run out of, out of space in mine. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So one thing I've seen in your boat and, and I know for the audience of this podcast, we have guys that are tournament guys, regular recreational fishermen, um, one thing that I've seen on your boat is you run blinkers and you got some controls to adjust your jack plate and your trim. Um, tell the audience a little bit about that and the benefits of that right at the wheel. Oh yeah. So essentially like the, the trim can, it, it changes the whole attitude of your boat, right? Trimmed all the way up. You're basically your boats coming out of the water mostly and you're, you get a lot less wetted surface. If you trim it all the way down, um, you actually uh, bring that keel into the waves. Um, specifically, uh, when it's rougher, I like to jam it all the way down if I need to, if it's really rough. And then if it's, uh, um, you know, kind of in between, sometimes you want to just put it in the middle. But by having those blinkers on the steering wheel, I don't have to take my hand off to to grab the trim or anything like that i can actually adjust both um while i'm steering the boat and uh um you can scrub 15 miles an hour off the boat by uh, from having it all the way up on trim to all the way down it'll it'll take that down and let's say i'm approaching a boat wake and i don't want to launch the boat in the air but i want to you know keep the rpms up i'll just push the front end down with the 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 trim on the blinker switch and then you know in a in a second it'll be all the way down i'll skip through the wake and then i'll jam all the way back up again so that uh, i'm getting all the efficiency again without uh having to slow down at all which is which is pretty nice so um 
And, and I get that factory rig right from Ranger, right? The, mm-hmm. the double blinker switch because uh, um, I always run that Atlas out the back of my boat too. Nice, yeah. Yeah, just something I've seen and, and some of the other boats I've been in don't have that or at least I never paid attention and noticed that. And, uh, you know, one day we were fishing on Erie. It was pretty rough. I think we ran 38 miles um, out from, uh, uh, when was it, Elizabeth Park on the Detroit River. And uh, oh, that, yeah. that yeah. thing ate it up. There were three or four footers, no problem. Yeah, I got a nice stop by the sheriff. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I wasn't going to yeah. bring that up. but uh, Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I believe your words were uh, time to burn the carbon off the cylinder heads or something like yeah. that yeah. <laughs> going on the yeah. way back in. Yeah. Well, he was a nice guy. Just showed him our stuff and he let us on our way. So that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> good times. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Best times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of kind of weird just not having the tournaments right up here. Normally, you know, Michigan Walleye Tour will be, yeah, it'd be in days for the people that fish that. I planned on fishing it. Now that's out the window. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I think a lot of us have a little bit extra time uh, to rig and get yeah. things ready for the season. Is, have you heard anything about that? Like, do they have a tentative plan based on you know different like contingencies of when we might come out of this or well, is it just kind of up in the air right now i don't know like you, you you talk to a lot of like the uh research institutions medical research and and uh, uh medical doctors and you're talking like you know possibly june or july that we see a significant reduction in, in all this uh, mm. uh corona stuff and i don't know i mean for the state of Michigan, I've seen letters from the Department of Natural Resources. All events through May 14th are canceled tournament-wise. So that kind of throws some wrenches in anything state of Michigan-based. So, um, you know, we're our May Madness event that's coming up, that's literally one day after that. So we're praying that everything goes through and we can still move forward. If not, we'll move that to the right. But I don't know. It's wild. I, I, I think the first two Michigan Walleye Tour events, they're gone, canceled. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't really. No. Well, it'd be weird to put a Detroit River event later. You just wouldn't get the turnout, right? And there, not that the that there isn't fish in there. It's just not the same, right? They're, right. They're the resident smaller fish, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After May, you know, and be fighting through white bass to to get them. Mm, but, the other white man. Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting. I I know there's. Quite a, quite a few guys still out recreational fishing. Some doing it smart, right? Doing it, uh, you know, with them or just a, you know, family member yeah. two in the boat and other guys still jamming the boats full. So hopefully that doesn't, you know, kind of make any knee-jerk reaction from, you know, the the state to close stuff in, I sure in hope totality not. for us. That would be, uh, you know, just, just – uh, terrible thing to have happen so hopefully we can uh we can get through this and still keep our sport going you know regardless of tournaments because it's you know for for guys that are wanting to go out and just catch a meal or just go out and catch a few fish to get some sanity and be outside it, it it's a huge uh you know uh mental relief for people that have been trapped in the house with you know everybody loves their family but you know after a point you still want to get out and go right. do something like that so You're preaching yeah. to the choir <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So, so hopefully you know we don't end up like uh 
Washington State. Washington State, State yeah. did that, and Illinois kind of pseudo did that with some of the closures of the parks, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, hopefully we can make it through without anything that drastic happening here but uh who knows you know, yeah i yeah. guess time will tell right yeah um i'm a steel header too and and i i recently saw that they closed tippy dam because people weren't complying with that six foot rule so i mean that's that's serious not only are you putting other people at risk and potentially bringing mm-hmm. something back home if you're traveling to go mm-hmm. fishing but just being smart about it and if you abuse the rules i mean it if they're going to do it to one spot, there's potential that it may spread to other areas, other launches. So I'm just hoping yeah. people in our home state, you know, play it smart and, and be safe, you know? Yeah. Be safe. And, you know, just to, you know, if, if you, if you see the, uh, you know, the launches back, stay away from people, try to just be smart about it. Right. And, and, uh, um, you know, don't, load the boat up full of guys if you know they're not people that live in the house with you mm-hmm. it's a smart thing to do because you know you just start triggering some of these events and and they start set a precedent right with tippy dam and you don't want it to go further than that no uh, you know he'd like to keep it there but i don't know the uh, well i gotta get mine attitude can really uh really hurt everybody if uh that's the if that propagates further right so yeah i agree I, yeah i i think we'll be okay i'm i'm fingers crossed i want to be optimistic right that uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh we can continue to do that and that uh especially none of my uh that none of my friends or family get affected by this you know and right. you know, fishing is one thing but uh, you know health and safety of your family is way more important than that so yeah, without without health and everyone being safe, uh, what's the point of everything else? Releases like fishing and getting out yeah. to do things. If if you're bogged down with caring for someone, or, or you know, God forbid, you catch something, you got to lock down for 14 days or whatnot. It it's not worth yeah. it. But uh, I don't know, man. It's a weird times. Just tournaments being pushed back, and it, you know, I'm I got to sneak out and do some trout fishing on a local stream solo by myself uh, a week or so ago, and. That was nice, but it's just it's just weird. So I find myself with a lot more time to kind of prep and, and think about you know better days in the past. And you know I'm I'm confident we'll get past all this as a nation. But uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about <laughs> I'm ready to fish. I'm ready to uh, I want to get out on the river and jig, but I want to be smart. So anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what what kind of stuff are you doing to prep for your upcoming season? You tying any rigs like spinners or anything? Um, yeah, spooling up. I'm going bonkers right now, right? Like, yeah, I've got a pool at my house. I'm, I don't know. I'm tweaking out with playing with different, you know, configurations on spinner baits and and um, you know playing with crankbaits, making them do different stuff. You know, adding weight to them, taking weight out of them, trying to make the action different with with different you know little variations to them and uh i don't know i might even buy one of these uh i forget what they are but uh they call them little spray guns uh uh for custom painting um oh like an airbrush right yeah i might buy an airbrush because i'm that bored right now that <laughs> i'll custom paint my own stuff yeah. just for for something to do you know so i don't know looking at maps and and 
uh, old videos on YouTube and stuff like that. I, I tell you what, one thing I saw that was really fun during this whole thing is, uh, uh, I don't know if you caught it, uh, head to head fishing, the law event. Yeah. And, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. You think that's kind of a, the, the wave of the future, that type of format is really exciting. I sure um, hope so. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was hoping that, uh, to get in a couple of those this year, but then uh, they kind of scrubbed the schedule with everything going on, and yeah. now they they brought it back. But uh, I don't know the first event being in uh, Marinette doesn't really fit anything that I can do at this point, right? It's mm-hmm. that would be a pretty uh, risky endeavor, kind of going through Chicago to get to to, to, <laughs> to that way, unless I went up and around through Escanaba, but. Uh, I don't know that the state would like that too much. No, I don't even think they like it if you took the badger over across Lake yeah. Michigan. Yeah, I don't think they'd like that. You know, so yeah. I think I'll I'll steer clear of that action. Uh, so. uh, down the road, hopefully. Uh, I don't know a whole m- bunch about the rules for head to head. I don't know if they limit pre-fish days to a couple days. I, I mean, that, I think that'd be kind of cool. Or yeah, people are more on a level playing field. You're not you're not having yeah. guys practice like two weeks or whatever and. Uh, I like, yeah, I like the format of just the, it, you know, it's kind of a variation on the MLS in a way, right? Yeah. But it's more like, uh, I don't know, without March Madness, it was kind of like the March Madness of, of fishing, right? You know, yeah. you had that bracketed tournament style, which was pretty cool, you yeah. know, and to watch. And, and you get to visually see what these guys are doing and why it's working for one and not the other. I mean, the, we, can't really apparent to me on that final day of what the Jeff was doing that was so much different was how slow he was moving his baits versus the other guys. And it seemed like every time he put another fish up on the board and they would be, you know, frantically, you know, Isaac was frantically checking his phone. You'd see that he'd almost start fishing faster and faster where fishing is a mental sport more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Right. And once he got spun out, there's no real coming back. Right. It's, it's, it's hard to get that, that back in there. I'm, it, it's happened to me. It's happened to me quite a few times. If I've had a, like a mechanical difficulty, even if I found a way to get through it and, and get on back on the water, it, it plays with my head. Right. Yeah. Uh, pretty bad. I've had, batteries go out the night before tournaments when i'm you know in the top five and you know you're scrambling five o'clock in the morning to to put a battery in your boat in the dark and things like that and well you know be the last one in the launch and things well you know it it doesn't put you in the right headspace when that kind of stuff happens so no uh, you know if and then you add that component of knowing what the other guy's doing. I think if I was doing it, I would, I would just not want to know a darn thing about <laughs> what the other guy had, you know, yeah. cause that, that could just wreck you. Right. Mm-hmm. Just, just get you so spun out that you, you kind of get off your game plan and you can see that happen with a few guys, right. That, uh, you know, once the, the wheels fell off, they, they just couldn't get back to it. So yeah. fun, fun, fun way to fun, to watch right as a spectator and understanding the sport and you know understanding fishing right uh, it, i think it's a it's a great format so i uh, hopefully they, they can keep it going and grow it and uh 
have another format for guys to explore. So, well, I sure hope so. Not not only that, but the the media coverage. I mean, you can see live what the heck's going on. I think at one point there were over five hundred people when I tuned in watching it, and uh, I, yeah. I like the idea that it's um, you know catch, record, release. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a little more pure too for uh, areas that might have like a no call or. Uh, um, like a slot yeah. uh, style thing, you know, cause yeah, I've been to events before where you know, you're catching this fish that are quarter under a quarter over and yeah, you just, you're just going, wow, if I could have weighed all the ones that I caught today, you know, it'd, it'd be something. So right. uh, I know a few lakes that if it went back to that, that if they went to that, I'd, I would throw my money in in a heartbeat and just go there. Cause I'm like, ah, I know I go stack a hundred pounds of fish in them. <laughs> if you really want to you know Mm -hmm. and then you could have the whole the whole thing of um quantity over over quality in spots too right Uh, yeah you went to a lake like oahi uh man you could really you could really have a fun one where one guy could go sit on a spot and go pull well i think they limited it to two pounders which makes it a little more interesting that you have a little bit bigger fish right but there were spots in there where you could cast every cast pull the fish out every freaking cast so so if you you know if you could average two pounders doing that that'd be something right and you could just you know put tons of weight in the boat which would be really fun to do you know (laughs) definitely different than just shooting for five big ones uh right right just a little bit different which is cool yeah you'd want to be really efficient about weighing them getting recorded and getting back to it as fast as you could right Mm mm-hmm yeah, so uh, I don't know, man. You got me thinking. You talked about casting for, for some fish here, and um, one thing I've seen you run on your boat is definitely something unique. I haven't seen as many of them out in Michigan, but they're kind of trickling in those ripping glides from Walleye Nation Creations. Tell yeah. me a little bit about those. Yeah, they're pretty cool, man. I mean, they're they're a heavy duty um, glide bait. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've seen there, there's like a demo video on them where. Um, they're just beating the thing on the pavement and, and not breaking it. I wouldn't do that with any other <laughs> glide bait nope. like that, right? You know, it would be destroyed. So they're well built. They come with good hardware on them, right? Good, good solid back, a good, um, good standard trouble on them. And uh, I think they're they're going to be something that. Uh, 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 I do well with this season, right? I, I unfortunately I didn't get a hold of them until late last season. After uh, you know, pretty much all the events I was in were done because um, they were still like prototypes at the time. But uh, the uh, the events were where those might line up. Well, I think game changer, right? Uh, so um, you know, I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot talking about them right now. <laughs> Other guys Oops. will probably, you know, you know, take a peek at them and, and look and, and and get some. But uh, I mean, uh, definitely something to go go look at. Uh, um, they're uh, coming out with a heavier one here. Uh, hopefully, with all the COVID stuff, it still comes out in the next couple months here. But uh, you know, a one ounce bait, which you know, guys been been waiting for, right? It's in a bigger profile to it too, and. Uh, like I said, I've got a pool here that I can play with them, and it has a really good glide to it, and, and uh, has that fall rate um, on the initial cast, like um, 
any traditional glide they would have Mm -hmm. they're they're getting down quick so they're really efficient bait but they have a they have a really good uh erratic accent that walk the dog and even uh you can pop them on a slack line and have them go away from you and (laughs) that i gotta see that yeah it's wild you know you see if you play with one in clear water from a distance and you just keep popping on slack line you'll see it just dance all around which is pretty cool you know so I, you know, I've, I've got a couple of them painted up as gobies, so I'm excited to, to check those where they're sitting off the, you know, those, those small boulders, much yeah. non-gobies. Uh, I think they're, they're really going to do well. And then I also want to try them in, um, where you can vertical jig, um, like you would with a traditional jig and wrap versus like a shiver minnow because, uh, they have, a um, that good like glide action left to right and um i think that bigger deeper profile on it really it's a deeper profile if it makes any sense more Mm -hmm. of a a bait fish profile than a minnow profile for whatever reason i I seem to catch bigger fish on that deeper profile than i do on the minnow profile uh, just for whatever reason so um more of a shad or you know a a bigger bait fish profile so um i I, yeah i think it's it's gonna be lights out so yeah um one thing i noticed that the fins were a little bit different in uh in in traditional glide baits that i've used uh, i've had them break off on the net probably user error i'm not knocking any baits but um if i'm not mistaken that's like a one-piece design on that rip and glide right yeah, it's all integrated. Everything's in one piece, so there's nothing. There's no glue to break off or anything cool. like that. So, yeah, you can just chuck them in your box, and you don't you don't need any special box to put them in there. And they're they're competitively priced, right? They're not unreasonable for for all the things they have on them. You don't have to go change the hooks on them or anything like that, which is pretty nice. So yeah, you know, you're all in, and then they're just they're not gonna break. Uh, like some of the other ones might and then i'm not knocking them the other baits all work i've i've made a lot of money off the baits so mm-hmm. you know uh but uh just being uh candid on on why i think it's a it's gonna be a a, a force to be reckoned with and you know with walleye nation i no secret that uh i'm with those guys but yeah. uh um the the reaper you know i've turned a few guys out of those and I, and they've I, you know I, I think you even fished with me when i was i had them out and mm-hmm. we had bandits on their side and bandits caught fish right but i mean those things were just lighting them up left and right so yeah it's so they have a different profile to them uh, it's just different right yeah i remember that day i mean for a minute the bandits that i was running on my side was smoking fish but then at a certain point it was three to one on those reapers and uh and the the facts speak for themselves i'm impressed i got a couple of them i'm gonna give them a dance same thing with ripping glides as well but uh yeah interesting stuff buddy onto them and then uh you got them and uh uh, first time out using them first fish he caught him was the longest fish he's ever caught in his life with a 32 and a half inch heck yeah just just nuts right so um it's good bait so um i'm excited to to you know even run those even more so you know i've caught a few hundred fish off and ready and uh, excited about getting them 
you know, on the spring respawn bite effect. <laughs> the boat, yeah. back, go hit them before they do, and the post spawn bite spawn too. Yeah, so, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, the more choices for anglers, the better. And I think that's a definitely something cool to check out for guys. I I'm looking forward to running them a little bit more. But uh, man, I I don't know if you can buy them hooks separately from the baits, but the hooks they put on those like shaky shad things, I think they call them. And those yeah. reapers, those things are crazy sharp and strong. Oh yeah, they're strong. I pick a lot of, I you know, I mean, I, I, I like hate to use the net, <laughs> so I grab a lot of fish. Either I got a weird way of grabbing them by the tail and pulling them to the boat, or actually, if they're smaller, I grab the bell of the bait and and pick them up in the boat. And I haven't, I haven't broke one of them yet, but they do sell their hooks uh, uh, separately. Uh, I figure what they call them, but they're on their website where they have their uh, replacement hooks right on there, but you could stick them on any bait and, uh, you know, they're a nice fine wire, but they're super strong. And I don't know what their tempering process is on theirs, but they're not brittle. You know, mm-hmm. where I've, I've broke other ones, uh, quite a bit in the net where these, they, they stay sticky sharp and I haven't even really, I've not run a file on it yet. So, nice. um, yeah, which is pretty nice where I'm usually touching touching them up on uh even well like a lot of my baits um their crankbaits i've replaced them with gummies right so i'll check them every now and again and, and run the file on them just to make sure that they're that they're sharp you know gummies come out pretty sharp out of the pack but oh, yeah. these things are, are i think even sharper so yeah I, yeah nice hooks yeah. yeah so that's always nice where you don't have to go and replace stuff right uh mm-hmm. you know you buy it was kind of weird when you buy a bait and you immediately go yank all the hooks off it and go yeah i gotta put better ones on it but you know and sometimes that's what it takes right to get your hookup ratio better and mm-hmm. there's a lot of baits that are like that really good baits but the hardware on it's not not the best and then you replace it and your hookup ratio you know if it if it jumps 30 percent, that's huge right mm-hmm. you know that's a lot more fish that you're going to bring to your boat so yeah yeah i agree and and for some anglers it, it's fine just using the stock hooks and you know you're just out for a fun day of fishing but if i mean it it's helped me before i've swapped out to uh gami ewgs on on the back hooks and, and other stuff for mm-hmm. bandits mm-hmm. Uh, number fours but uh yeah yeah it's uh it all helps, but uh, hey, man, I'm I'm excited to get out and do some fishing. I know you are, and uh, I think you know I'm a big spinner guy. That's what we do on Lake Saint Clair a lot. And one thing you shared with me a while ago, past summer, is that there's some new spinner blades coming out from Jans. I want to talk about them. I've seen a prototype on your boat. Can you tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, so I don't know if you're like studied a spinner like you know a crawler harness when it's in the water next to your boat and really looked at it and uh there's it's funny that it's, it's quite often overlooked the back of the blade and what it what it actually shows and most of the time when that thing's spinning what do you see you see that color of the back right with a blend of the beads on it and uh um i don't know it was probably shoot I'm dating myself now. 15 years ago, I had a, a local friend, Jim um, Terrorize was his name, this paint, painting shop, yeah, Downriver uh, Painting. And uh, mm-hmm. he painted up a bunch of blades for me on the backside of them. And I 
did really well with them. And then you saw it kind of come out more and more. Well, uh, Jans has just added uh, a new line of spinner blades called, uh, you know, Firebelly. And uh, what they are is uh, the back side's painted and the, the front side's gold plated. And with that back blade paint, you can really see it in the water, right? It mm-hmm. puts off a whole different flash and, uh, uh, it's just a really good, really good blade, you know, with the deep cup Colorado. That's nine times out of 10 when I'm going to be running out of, I'm going to run spinners, right? Is a Colorado blade and with, uh, anywhere from a three, four, number five, if I'm going to run bottom monsters, I might pull like a three or a, a four behind it. If I'm just running, you know, open water or, uh, or big water, I'm probably going to be running the five, right? So they've yeah. got a whole assortment of sizes along with, uh, um, you know, different colors, that that back color to it, uh, and in glow as well. So when you get down deep, it, it carries that color down there uh, pretty well. I know they're uh, continuing to try to keep it stocked, but they're, they're running through them pretty quick. Um, I think guys recognize it's a – it's a good pattern, um, and and uh, just a, uh, I think it's a fish catcher even more than an eye catcher. Right? I mean, they're they are unique in the way that they look, and um, uh, pretty affordable for how they have them priced as well. But uh, you can buy them right on their website. And what's nice for everybody in this area, and you know, Michigan or Ohio, they're those baits are at your door. And, uh, a day or two i know they're they're able to still ship out of their facility so um if anybody's looking to stock up on some stuff to tie up some spinners right uh they've got really cool uh, uh clevises as well that uh you won't lose your uh um baits your your blades on uh, i forget what they're called but they they, they look like a uh, almost like a little spring uh, is it like the bag. dutch fork clevises that are out there yeah it's 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 kind of like the dutch fork principle and they might even carry the dutch fork but uh um they have their own brand and it's it's basically like a it's like a it's like a spring almost is what it looks like and when you put that blade on there mm-hmm. it's not coming off there's no way to get the thing off by like a fish shaking its head you have to kind of like twist it and pull it off versus you know everybody's used the the old standard uh, plastic ones and seen their favorite blade get shaken off <laughs> <laughs> right when the fish has come to the surface and gone, oh boy, you know, uh-huh. you know, it's not about the cost of the blade always, but just that you might not have 10 of those things sitting in your boat and you just lost, you know, one of the four that you have or one of the two that you have or God forbid the one that you have, right? And it, <laughs> It goes to the bottom of the lake. Sorry, I'm giggling because I'm thinking <laughs> Saginaw Bay in 2018. Uh, my friend Robert, who you know, he lost mm-hmm. one of his uh, uh, favorite blades that a good friend of him had painted up, and uh, it was the last one he had. <laughs> Unless he wanted yeah. to go back to Minnesota to get it. But, uh, yeah, that, that hurts. I, I only use those spring-type <laughs> clavices for yeah. spinners. I, I, I hate losing blades. It just chaps me. Yeah, it just sucks when it happens, right? I mean, there's no there's no beating around the bush when you when that thing pops off and it goes sinking down. And you're just going, oh boy, you know, it's just yeah, and and those things don't break, right? So you're not mm-hmm. not worrying about like the little you know barb thing 
getting broke after you've slipped it on and off two times. I mean, what's the point in that? If you're going to do that, you might as well just go with, uh, you know, uh, normal, you know, uh, stamped clevis so that, that you don't lose and just switch out your, your harnesses because, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not really worth it on those plastic ones. In my opinion, I tried them forever and just, I've switched all to that, uh, you know, that, that, that spring loaded one that, uh, that they have there so it yeah. works really well yeah you throw a blade that's 30 45 seconds putting on a new one and, and uh, hoping on a prayer that it retains itself for the next time going out so <laughs> to your point uh, spring-loaded ones are the way to go didn't know jans yeah. had them that's pretty cool but um, yeah yeah they're they're pretty cheap i mean they're right in that same price range as the plastic ones and um, you know they spin pretty good too so I think that's part of the appeal of spinner fishing to to get configured up. It doesn't take a whole lot of money, and it's kind of fun personalizing what you tie up. You you know, there's certain things that work pretty well, and they're consistent on any given body of water, basic metal colors, and uh, um, I guess I'll kind of segue into that. the The next issue of Great Lakes Angler Magazine, I've got an article mm-hmm. in there about uh, spinner fishing and how to prep for tying up for the season, and um, I got some input from you on that article. And uh, you'll be in that article. I almost said episode. But, uh, yeah, if folks want to check out the next magazine coming out, I think it's probably later part of April, there'll be some spinner tips in there from uh, Ed and, and myself and definitely something cool. I think a lot of people, um, if they don't know you pretty well, they assume if you're a Great Lakes guy, you troll a ton. But it's my understanding you've done a lot of damage doing, like, casting and, and pitching. And, and I believe you told me before you're, you're, a, you're a jig guy. That's your primary confidence factor. Can you elaborate yeah. a little bit on that? Well, it, yeah, it's strange, right? So I grew up in the in the Detroit metro area, specifically like Livonia and Westland and Canton. Uh, so uh, my primary fishing around here was always uh, uh, Lake Erie, and then later uh, Detroit, or later being like a you know four or five years after I was fishing Lake Erie as a little kid, right? Mm-hmm. But then fished uh, smaller waters around here too, like uh, Belleville and things like that, which is technically a little man-made reservoir, right? But then um, I've also, uh, you know, I jigged in the Detroit quite a bit. And then uh, I moved out into the Quad Cities. It's a area on the Mississippi River uh, border of Illinois and Iowa. And, uh, I fished that whole area quite a bit for five years, so I got really good at pitching jigs uh, to fish in shallow water there. Because I, you know, actually stole the biggest fish ever, or biggest walleye I've ever caught in my life. Uh, uh, it was from there behind a restaurant, actually from shore, <laughs> pitching a. Uh, uh, strangest thing, a sixteen ounce jig with a one inch little tube behind it uh with and that was the ticket there uh because the the bait fish were that small and every cast you'd pull in something you didn't know what you're gonna get out of the mississippi river but uh you know um i i just have a lot of confidence in doing that right i feel like i can uh if i can locate the fish um on my sonar which I mean the technology just keeps getting better and better right it's mm-hmm. it's it's amazing right uh, to be able to mark a pot of fish 
on your side scan, you know, even in open mud flats, let alone structure, right? Uh, structure is one thing, you know, I've, I've marked fish on structure and just picked them apart till I felt like I've caught every fish that I can catch up a piece of structure. But the, even in this open water stuff where you can find them and troll through them and go, well, heck, I didn't catch them trolling uh, or I caught a couple of them trolling, but I know they're all sitting there and go back and throw a jig at them or throw a, you know, essentially a rip and wrap is a, you fish it like a jig, right? Yeah. It's, it's really no different. You're, you get vibration of it like a blade bait and I fish a blade bait no different than a, I really fish a, uh, a rip and wrap and you, you pitch in there and you can see them on, I mean, they see them clear as day on that, on that side scan and just pick them apart. And, and sometimes you might not get them on the first cast or the, even the fifth cast, but all of a sudden you, you've got that confidence that they're there mm-hmm. and you might have to change up your cadence or change up your, your, uh, your lure color or whatever. And, and just, pull you know all the fish out of that pot which is it i don't know i I don't know how you can't get uh confident once you've you know made that connection and you get that uh that that confidence out of it so uh, it just uh and i'm no secret i've won a lot of money from pitching jigs and jigging wraps and and uh I've done really well with that type of stuff for vertical jigging, stuff like that for, for the longest time, Detroit River, I, I only vertical jig, right. Uh, it took me a while before, uh, you know, I got, uh, my butt kicked on some, some, some dirty water conditions where the whole river got dirty. I, I couldn't find clear water to actually take myself over to the, you know, to the hand lining side. And I, after it happened in one tournament where I didn't place, I said, Oh, you know what? Um, I went out and bought all that stuff that day. And, and I went and taught myself that night uh, <laughs> after the tournament, how to do it. I'm like, yeah. you know what? This isn't happening again. There's no way this is happening again. So then I caught fish, you know, the first time doing it, I did everything wrong and I still caught fish, you know, and then I, I learned from, uh, friends and uh, some people that are really good at it, how to do it even better. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's something I add in my arsenal everywhere I go. So I I think you do yourself a disservice if you just rely on, on only a couple things. I mean, I guess you do yourself a disservice if you, you kind of pigeon your hole into that's the kind of fisherman I am and that's the only things that i'm good at right i mean anybody can learn the other techniques and if if even if you're not the best at the other technique if you can just become proficient in it the other thing about it is it's so much more fun to be able to do different things you know Mm -hmm. just to go out and say i don't know i I, i've trolled before and caught fish and you know what i I just want to catch them casting and i'll just go catch them casting doing it that way or you know, uh, I, I want to catch them on slip bobbers or I want to catch them jigging uh, just to be able to kind of switch between the stuff. It, it's pretty fun, right, to, to to be able to catch them different ways. Yeah, so, I think that's the appeal know. of walleye. I mean, there's so many different ways yeah. to get them. And, uh, I mean, I, I love casting. I've been turned on to that for a while. Uh, I think that's more common in other places outside of Metro mm-hmm. Detroit. But it, it's mm-hmm. definitely a lot of fun. And the uh, hand lining stuff, I, I mean – 
we're part of this area, and that's part of our, our DNA as walleye fishermen. The technique was actually invented on the Detroit River, St. Clair River. And uh, my dad's got one of the original. Uh, they would take uh, wire from you know, machine shops or whatnot, and they mm. would spool up old Victrola record players and modify them, and that would be their spring-loaded uh, hand-lining reels. So the original ones were that. My dad's got a collection of a ton of them, and he's got one of those original ones. So I don't know. That's I think it's pretty awesome. cool. That's like part of, I don't know, a unique style that came out of our area, and now you see guys out west doing it, and there's no doubt it's effective. Yeah, I mean, you're keeping, like in a river situation, you're just keeping that in that strike zone, and, and you can literally just continually sweep a spot and do it so much more efficiently than if you're, say, trying to pull lead core through an area and mm-hmm. uh, and fish that way. So it's it's something that I added in my arsenal for tournament fishing, but I do it for fun now, right? I mean, there is... There, it is actually fun, you know. Yeah. It, I I kind of kicked myself for not doing it sooner because, uh, you know, that first time I had one, you know, actually bite on that. You know, it was an eight pounder, and I mean, you're trying to pull that thing in with no drag, no rod, so riot, and, and not bend the hooks out on the hook. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It really is. It's a it's a fun way to fish. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of things you can do boat control wise too that I I really enjoy. I mean, you can weave through packs as long as you're you know, respectful, but you can weave yeah. through packs of jiggers. And uh, I find that just doing uh, sawtooth type patterns until you find the pods of fish on your sonar and stuff is way more effective than just going straight up the current. Oh, uh, for sure. The other thing I always like to do too, especially like you know some some stretches it's pretty hard to mark them because they're they're tucked into you know like little caves and tunnels like in the trend channel but you get in other parts of the river or and it's Sinclair the same where you can start to see them on your side scan right and mm-hmm. when you're hand lining you can go catch those fish you can just yeah. take the boat to the left or right and, and not like have to you know reel up go up and do that vertical jig pass through there you know we just have deeper a little bit deeper a little bit faster water than they do in some of the areas where they might set up and pitch you know a, a break line repeatedly in it from an anchored position right we're we're more you're more apt to vertical jig here you don't see a lot of people pitching uh and there's a few spots where you can do it but yeah it's not it's not all over the place here so you know when you see them you can immediately adjust and say oh yeah they're 100 feet to my right take your boat up there and just kind of right just weave back and forth even just stall the boat over the spot i was just gonna say that (laughs) yeah just just you know you're basically modified whipping at that point right where Mm -hmm. you're just you're just sticking on them and 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 yanking them all out of the hole weaving back and forth but that that change of direction a lot of times is what triggers that bite and forget what the what you guys call it bananaing when you know when you <laughs> whip the boat around and yeah. do the you know the big turn and all that good stuff but mm-hmm. yeah i it blew my mind when um the you know i yeah, a good friend of mine he, he, he was really good hand lander and i was a really good jigger and we decided one day like hey we're gonna show each other how to do this stuff and uh um we went to um uh, shoot uh, it's a bait shop right across the street from uh detroit uh 
metro uh the the ramp down there um the metro part but anyway we went in there and the owner you know we were like oh it's we're gonna buy some minnows it was early march or whatever and uh you know he jokingly told us you know like hey whoever can bring in the first eight pound walleye i'll give you this rod you know some decent rod or whatever so mm-hmm. you know we're laughing at each other like yeah we're, we'll be back in four hours for the ride he's like okay can't go to ohio and we're like that's fine so go on the river and, and he showed me on a handline and i'm like boy man we were moving i was really surprised at how fast he was moving left to right right and we caught a couple smaller fish or whatever doing now, that. i'm like yeah let's, let's come to this other spot rewind you know? back a little bit you said late march or early april sounds like it was you're actually early season. march okay yeah. early march yeah okay yeah, still so working. We're, we're we're kinda going through there and going, okay, you know, let's see if we can uh uh let's see if we can I can show you how to jig, right? And we'll see if we can get a bigger one. So we go to this area, this stretch that always works really well for me early in the season and I <laughs> remember like watching him jig and all of a sudden like he, he, it looked like the fish ripped the rod off his head. He's <laughs> hovering the jig and it just jams the rod down and he kind of just half hardly pulls it up you know and the hooks are reset on it and the fish is pinned and i look at him he looks at me and i'm i, I just basically yell at him like real real <laughs> you know just start getting that fish up and he starts winching it up and you know and go and scoop it up it was like eight and a half pound fish so we're like, ah, you want to go get that rod he's like yeah 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 and he was a guide at the time right so mm-hmm. we we ran into the shop and showed him the fish and he's like you guys are kidding me right so he's like all right deal's a deal here's your rod i'm like, I'm like thanks so sweet ah uh, you know yeah it's yeah it's a great way to learn is to you know go out with people that are are, that are really good at doing certain things and seeing like how they do it you know uh, reading is one thing watching online is another way to do it seminars is another good way to do it but just uh go put it to practice right and uh even better if you have a friend that's yeah some uh um you know skills that uh, you know you want to learn better right to to go do it with them in a boat and that's that's the part truth. of the benefits of uh you know the, the pro-am format so you know I think a lot of guys learn a lot of stuff getting in those boats with with us and and just seeing the different things that guys do. You know, I wish I would have done more of it uh, um, years ago. So. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. You got me thinking a lot about pulling wire and, and doing some jigging. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, this, this is the time of year, man. It you is. Know, it's just Tis you, the you're gonna go catch a just a absolute toad. This is the time of year. You know, we're we're right in that that magic window right now where you can catch the pre-spawn monsters, right? They're just, they're in there right now. And uh, um, there's nothing like it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. On a spinning reel, you know, setting the hook on a, you know, a, you know, eight to 10 to 12 pound fish, right? It's just, there's just something, you know, that if that doesn't get your heart pumping, then nothing does, right? Yeah. It's it's pretty awesome. Something so. more personal about doing the jigging thing and same with hand lining. I mean, I'm thinking last year, it's almost a, a year to the date, one of our first fish, our, our pre-fish for Michigan Walleye Tour just sucked. Didn't pull a single fish, but we marked them. 
and um, I was handlining on the edge of a rock reef, kind of by some the mud flat, and um, mm. see them right behind the boulders. I'm like, all right, we're gonna cut over to the right here and see what happens. And what do you know? As soon as we get right on that transition, how about these apples? Hooked a nice one, pulled it in, four and a half pounds, and it's a start. And we kept grinding the spot, but everything. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that first fish in the tournament always uh, always helps calm the nerves, and there's just something uh, just I don't know, primal about just pulling something in on, on just a piece of wire. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if I can get away, even if I have to go solo and practice my social distancing, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, For sure. Yeah. For sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like anxious. I might actually drive down and go get my boat so that I <laughs> get it, get it sooner, you know, otherwise I got to wait for, uh, for the, uh, the, the, uh, the thing to the truck to be full to, to come up but you know just oh. pack my sandwiches and drive down sleep in my truck and drive back and you know do that thing if i, if I have to you know yeah. but, uh, so ranger isn't gonna do ltl <laughs> you gotta go <laughs> they gotta load it up yeah yeah you know it's you know, it's the only way to do it efficiently right get a full truck and, yeah. and get it up here so but who knows um maybe it'll well, it'll be here sooner than I think. So yeah. So when is it but, scheduled to be ready to go? Uh, I think this week. So awesome. I, you know, I've been I haven't got the 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 notice yet that it's done, but uh, you know, once it's done, um, you know, I'll probably start like you know, uh, going all Ricky Bobby. I won't know what to do with my hands. I'll be so <laughs> excited. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it um, all rigged with electronics already, or you got to do some wrenching on that as soon as it comes home? No, yeah, the only things I really have to do on it is uh, throw my uh, kicker on it and then throw uh, uh, my grass. And I like to do that stuff. And I don't know, it doesn't take me long to do. And Oh, you hang the kicker, or do you have Rose do it? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably take it out to, to, to Rose, but... I do it, you know, I just, uh, it's, it only takes me about, I'm really good at it now. Uh, it takes me about, you know, 20 minutes to, to get it all in and, mm-hmm. and set and, and then, uh, getting pretty good at rigging my electronics and everything like that. Uh, I know, uh, after, uh, watching, uh, Billy do it a couple of times, those guys know what they're doing up at Rose, you know, yeah. they, he really knows how to set the transducer. He really knows how to mount the stuff. So, you know, just you're not going to find a place that knows how to rig fishing boats better than than that shop. So, uh, and it just it's pretty pretty phenomenal. You know how how they really cater to fishermen more than any other dealership I've ever dealt with, right? And uh, once I kind of started working uh, with Rose Marine. I, it said, yeah, there's no other place I want to deal with. Right? It just, they're just good, awesome people that actually know what they're doing, right? And would give you the shirt off their back if you needed it, right? Nice. Uh, so it's a great family. Yeah, they, really they, are. they yeah. saved uh, my dad's butt and myself last year during our first tournament of the season. So I, I appreciate them. They're good people, both, uh, both Bill and Billy. Yeah, yeah, they really are. Mm. Yeah, so the boat's coming soon. You're gonna finally rig it, and then if you can <laughs> safely get out there, you're gonna get it an in. And uh, 
yeah. I don't know, man. What are you thinking? Um, when you go out there, I'm sure you're gonna start jigging, right? Oh yeah. For the river, yeah. If I can find clear water, I'll start jigging, and then I'll bring the handline stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a funny story. It was an early one where I couldn't, I, yeah, I couldn't wait to to get out there and and go fishing. And uh, uh, shoot, it was back. Yeah, I again, it was over ten years ago, maybe fifteen years ago, and and like it was, there was a good pot of fish in the river already, and uh, uh, forty-five hour wind gust. I, <laughs> I jigged off the bow. No, you didn't. Could, yeah, as long <laughs> as I could. Uh-huh. And I and I wore my snowmobile helmet the whole time, so I looked like a super super cool dude. Space right, Ranger there on my bow mount with a snowmobile helmet because it was sleet coming at forty miles an hour at your face, and you have to have your face right into the wind when you're running the bow mount. Right? Who, who thinks to pack a snowmobile helmet while going fishing though? Well, yeah, I did. You know, <laughs> I, I, I I did it for uh, purposes of uh, I used to keep running there for hail, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So I was just like, yeah, you know, I, mm-hmm. I watched a guy get beat to death by hail. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't want to do that anymore. So so kept that in there. Well, then my bow mount started to die, and I was Uh-oh. like, you know what? I, I've got, I've got. Well, you know, I mean, think about it. Running that at ten power for you know, even a few hours back then, the batteries weren't as good as they are now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it really like wreaked havoc on it. And then, uh, I, uh, switched to handline and, uh, boy, I really wished I had better batteries handline because there was a couple times, you know, those guests would come. The bomb <laughs> really saved my butt, right? Because I'd have that on basically autopilot. So it would correct really fast, but, yeah, a gust would come in and we just whip the front end of the boat sideways. And, you know, I, I like to think I'm smarter now, but I don't know. If it was a 40 mile an hour wind and, and I could get on the river right now, I'd probably go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that bad, huh? Yeah, man, I'm itching. It's been a while. Uh, the last time I went was down in Ohio. Uh, shoot, it was like about a month ago. So, Yikes. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not good. Uh, speaking about uh, four-wheel drive and, and uh, boat control, and I've, I've heard that you've been known to uh, make custom modifications to your boats. Uh, you know, it's it's one thing to have a bow mount up front to give you some control, but I also hear that you've done considerations with uh, you know possibly up to four power poles to help you really stay down in a place and, and get you up a little bit higher and cast a little bit further. That was funny, right? <laughs> so, well, that was a great story. Yeah, so it was a... Uh, devil's lake event and uh you know the the water if anybody's familiar with devil's lake north dakota the water comes up and goes down quite regularly you know it was it, it flooded it really flooded in the mid 90s and hasn't completely receded since then and it, it basically what it did is it swallowed a bunch of buildings and roads and uh actually connected to other lakes and expanded what devil's lake is right so it swallowed lakes like pelican lake and some of these other um, lakes up but uh what it also did was like made these backwater areas that were basically you know cow pastures and railroad tracks and stuff accessible at certain points well it receded uh from one year to the next and we were back there again and uh um 
uh, wanted to check to, to see if fish were going to come through <laughs> a road that we used to be able to float our boats over. So we would literally come up to this road and the water was just deep enough to float the boat over if you trimmed your motor all the way out. So you'd come up and then you would, you, right as you were approaching the, the break in the cattails, trim your motor all the way up and just kind of float over the edge of it and then drop your motor back down and run up this ditch and fish um, some old bridges that were sunken under the water. Hmm. Well, the water went down, right? So you weren't getting over that road unless, you know, you were going to do so hazard and jump it or James <laughs> Bond, you know, depending on the genre you want to, uh, you know, use. Uh, but uh, uh, I tied my boat up to uh, uh, basically a bridge and um, went over and walked on the road to go check the other one. And this is so during practice, did, right? What's that? This is during practice, not during an actual event. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yep. during practice, Caveat. yeah, let me clarify, yeah, yeah, so somebody doesn't, you know, start spitting me haterade about, yeah, he did this during the tournament. No, it was during practice and totally legal, nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Get out, I checked and walked over the rod and just wanted to see if there was fish that might be coming down through um, this ditch that, that was in there. And... uh one of the other competitors, he, he made it back in the same area and he saw me in there and saw me get back my boat. And, uh, you know, he goes, well, what are you doing that for, Ed? Well, you know, you, you, you can't get over there during the tournament. And I just looked at him with a straight face and like, well, I mean, I've got, you know, the, the kit for my boat. And he's like, the kit? I'm like, yeah, man, you take four power poles and you hook them to electric motors on the bottom. Those electric motors have little wheels, and when you come up to this road, you just hit the button, and all four power poles go down, and those little wheels engage, and I just drive over the other side. But I didn't want anybody to see that I had the kit before the tournament day. <laughs> you know, he's looking at me, and he's looking at me, and he, he never calls me out on that side. So I, mean, I just kind of laughed myself, and I'm thinking, "Come on, Ryan, you can't, you can't really believe that, can you?" Mm-hmm. So, never says a thing, and then uh, you know. I, tell uh, my travel partners and you know, Bob about it they're, you know they're kind of snickering a little bit knowing my sense of humor right so we go to the rules meeting and then all of a sudden I'm going to do my Anthony person impersonation so <laughs> I, any of your uh, listeners with southern accents will hate me for this but it's just funny right he, he gets up there and Anthony goes hey I heard about some guys with some you know motorcycle wheel kits that they might have on their boat and uh we're not gonna have any of that that's just gonna be illegal you know that's not what we're here about and i think uh, i spit my water out of my mouth that I, <laughs> I was drinking at the time because i couldn't believe that he actually went up and and you know asked if that was legal and kind of got it restricted and, and uh well you know it's just funny but uh uh what uh you know, guys will believe, but uh, I don't know. It was, it might've been that same tournament where somebody took an excavator and chopped the road up. So, you know, yeah, guys go to all lengths, right. To, to, to go do what they're going to do, whether mm-hmm. it be legal or not. So, you know, but, uh, I don't know. Funny story, you know, yeah. yeah. Good old, uh, you know, fishing drama. There's enough of it. That's oh, true. Yeah, even even at the local level, <laughs> there's all oh, sorts man. of uh, you know, personalities. And and for those that are listening that don't know Anthony, he's the uh, tournament director for the National Walleye Tour. Super good dude, and <laughs> it's just it's just funny. I mean, yeah, uh, 
I could go into some things with local uh, fishing drama and stuff, but I, I'll, I'll refrain. But uh, oh, I know at the end yeah. of the day, we're we're just out to have fun, and if someone can't, oh, yeah. can't take a little sarcasm, then I, I don't know. Right, can't help right, them. Right, right. Yeah, that was just, that was all in good fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Nobody got hurt. No, no, no nobody died. It's good stuff. No, no power poles were modified or or changed from no, factory configuration. No power, no power poles were were hurt in the filming of that event. No. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm just going bonkers. I'm I'm ready to fish. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I'm ready to fish too. You know, it's there's something to be said for uh, I don't know, what we're going through, but uh, at the same time, it's uh, eventually, you know, well, we'll we'll get back to normal. So, looking forward to those days. Yep. Yep. In the meantime, you can uh, play with your lures in the pool, which which I'm amazed. Well, you probably got either a heated pool or indoor pool if you're playing with lures and in March, April time frame in Michigan, but uh yeah, it must be bad if you're playing with lures in a pool. Yeah, you know, I I'm gonna start fishing for my dogs, you know, no hooks of course, but you know, but put a squeaky toy on it and start casting and see like you know <laughs> what what colors they like and that'll be next, right? You know, and then I'll I I put a face on a volleyball the other day. And Wilson? Wilson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've got that going. My beard's pretty good right now. So I've got that going for me. You're going other full captain? That, you know. What's that? Full captain? Oh, I mean it's it's looking good, you know. Beautiful. You know, it might it might bug some people, but you know, it for me, you know, I, I like it. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, uh, guilty as charged. I've I've done the squeaky toy fishing thing on an old bass bait caster and tied a squeak toy for my one Labrador, and it's actually a lot of fun. Obviously, it's just a toy, no hooks, but uh, mm. <laughs> when you got a badge, you gotta you gotta do something. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have seen a ton of spike up in terms of uh, people putting out <laughs> content on social media with videos and talking fishing and, and uh, we're just doing our part right now but uh, hey I, I would be remiss if i didn't cover some things and, and as you mentioned you're part of uh walleye nation creations you have an affiliation with them and i think you got like a code for their online shop if people want to get a discount on some of the baits yeah it's it's good for your first order so if you're gonna do it load up if if you're looking at uh, uh any of their baits or their jigs uh it's ed uh, ed 2020 and then also i have an affiliation with jan's net craft uh, if you're looking at the buying anything for for making your own tackle or even just crankbaits and things like that it's the same code ed 2020 and uh that'll get you a discount at each one of those a uh, pretty good discount and uh you know feel free to use it pass along it to your friends and uh, and uh you know check out some of their stuff you know uh I won't uh, ever kind of push anything that I don't believe in. You know, I, I, you know, I really believe in Y Nation's baits, and uh, also, you know, Jan's has everything you need to, in order to customize your tackle, make your own lures, and just general stuff that you're going to need for um, everyday fishing. That uh, and get good, uh, you know family-owned business and uh uh run by a great guy so um and yeah you know you you want to make your own spinners custom paint your own crankbaits make your own jigs i think they might be one of the 
biggest do-it-mold uh, uh, distributors in the country, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But uh, nice. you know they they sell everything for tackle craft. And you can build your own rods if you're interested in that. And they've got some pretty good uh, do-it-yourself videos and stuff like that online. And uh, you know, yeah, you know, keep those guys going right. And uh, during this whole you know downtime, it's good to keep you know smaller businesses running and uh, uh, you know spend local too wherever you can yeah i was just gonna say that i think right now our our small businesses that support uh, fishing tackle i think they could they could use all the help they can get and uh, they, they make good stuff uh i yeah I, I can't stress that enough but uh yeah i don't know i just uh i'm ready for things to go back to normal i keep on repeating that but that that's the truth and i'm sure that uh you know, tackle companies local bait shops they're they're feeling it too they're ready for things to come back to normal and see people's faces and get out there and, right but right. Uh, right. yeah yeah i don't know i i played around with um uh, tying up rods before uh, i took an old rod and pulled off the guides and retied and re-epoxied just to experiment and it's something i might experiment with more uh, down the road kind of different designs and I want to tie up some lama glass blanks and do some different things for heavy duty swim bait stuff and, and rip baits making my own rods. But, uh, I've definitely got stuff from Jans before and it's been pretty excellent. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to using some lama glass rods that I have. I know you're with them too. And, uh, when you let me like borrow that, um, closer when you, yeah, I was like, holy cow. Yeah, it was like it was like the perfect rod for that uh that ripping rack technique we were using that day and uh kind of really sold me on 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 their uh their rods it's they're unbelievable for you know uh, for the value you're getting for that that rod you know you could um, you could line it up against any any rod manufacturer out there in, in the world and you know for uh another usa uh, based company it's pretty amazing so um mm -hmm. i feel really fortunate to be working with those guys as well so um i should put another order and get some more you know mm -hmm. got nothing else to do right now so. <laughs> yeah i've been around what for 70 years and uh i've actually got a couple promo rods that we're going to give away uh, through the lake st Clair walleye association one of them um, Lama Glass stepped up to be a sponsor for our main madness tournament. And I think I'm going to give away the seven foot, um, walleye assassin series that they just came out with. Mm -hmm. Um, that looks really promising for casting. It's a little bit longer. So pitching lighter jigs and even mm -hmm. the, the full size ripping wraps, I think would be pretty amazing. I'm looking forward to running that rod this year, but we're going to give away one of those. And then I've got a six foot rod. We'll probably give away during, um, one of the in-person meetings uh once we get back to meeting as a general membership sort of deal but uh i'm super excited about that <laughs> i think more people if they try these rods out and they're big on the west coast in washington state oregon and mm -hmm. they've been around for a long time i'm just looking forward to seeing more people try them yeah they're they're really nice and you can see some of these videos on you know i don't want to break my own rod but watching like what it takes to actually break some of those rods and it it blows your mind for as, as sensitive as they are that they're not brittle, right? They're not they're not just shattering and I'm not knocking any other rods, but you know, the ones that I've had that are, are approaching the same sensitivity, I've 
quite a few of them where there might have been a nick in the blank or whatever, right? And and it just, uh, you know, there's no way that they actually held, they would hold that type of, you know, weight before, you know, exploding in your hand. (laughs) I think you're referencing uh, a video where they loaded up a steelhead blank and, uh, typically, rod blanks are rated uh, by a certain pounds of line test and, and breakage, and uh, they put this particular blank through uh, 58 pounds of tip weight before it blew up. I mean, fully loaded yeah. on a machine dedicated for that. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, I'm not yeah, doing that to any of my them. sticks, though. No, no, no. I don't, <laughs> don't want to tempt any of that stuff. Yeah, it seems pretty pretty bold yeah pretty amazing stuff that they have so well looking forward to trying more of that out this year yeah have to let me know how it works out for you i know you run lawrence live units are you i think lawrence's version of like a live imaging what do they call it uh, live site i don't know i've got the box in front of me somewhere here let me look at it and i i'm terrible at remembering things i'm old you know um uh it is the uh, live site, sorry, live site transducer. So I'm actually sitting in my tackle room with all the stuff I need to put on my phone. So yeah, live site. So I'm excited uh, to do more with that. That's and uh, the latest update and see, um, you know, how I can utilize that more in my arsenal. So uh, I, I actually didn't have it on my boat last year. This will be the first year I've had it. And uh I really want to see if I can uh, start locating some fish uh, and really pinpointing them before uh, uh, making casts and some of that open water stuff. Uh, specifically, because I, you know, when you're just blind casting, you're you're, just, you're essentially wasting time uh, for every piece of water you're casting to where it's not holding fish and. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, being able to mark those fish in front of you um, would be even better than marking them to the uh, to the left or right of you, right? If mm-hmm. you're approaching a piece of structure on your bow mount, so pretty uh, pretty excited to try that. Sounds pretty killer that you could mark stuff on um, on side scan with structure scan, and then uh, kind of locate where they are in a you know patch of weeds yeah. or a piece of structure and then scoot over aim that live site right at them and then you can precision you know, bomb a cast right to them and should be more efficient that way that sounds pretty cool yeah really does so i'm excited for that and then um yeah this year i'm uh, putting two more live uh units on my boat so uh um I might have four all together, but I'll have two sixteens on on it for sure, and see what I stick else on the on the boat. But that'll be the first couple that I rig on there, and then go from there. So, mm-hmm. well, kind of diverging from the electronics topic, uh, tell me about one of your favorite family memories fishing. Anybody oh, in water, but just favorite family memory fishing. Boy, I don't know. I have so many of them. Right, grew up in a in a fishing family, right? Uh, um, and fishing with, not only my, like, first fishing memories are actually with my grandmother, uh, who's still with us and, uh, um, kind of, kind of locked up by herself right now. So, mm-hmm. that, some great memories from when, uh, when I was just a little, little kid, right? And, uh, her taking me, you know, to different 
lakes and telling you, you know, it's a secret spot. Don't tell anybody about it. So, so I, I kind of do the same thing with my kids, you know, uh, <laughs> to this point. And, and then just some of the days of fishing uh, uh, with uh, my own kids, right? I, I'm looking at a picture right now where uh, Tori, who's 12 now, but she was uh, four at the time and we're on Lake St. Clair and, uh, we were trolling for muskie, right? I mean, you know, I had a goal like that she's going to get a reel on a muskie, you know, before she was five, and she got to do it. <laughs> the look on her face in this picture is amazing. You know, she's wearing a little Nemo uh, jacket. She would not hold the thing. She said, nope, Dad, no, I'm not holding it. But, uh, you know, the the big, you know, wide-open smile of, uh, of her. And then uh, another one where I've got... Uh, picture of my son and he's holding up his first 10 pounder you know he caught when he was four you know on lake erie and uh um he's holding it up on you know a kind of a fish grip scale and can barely get the thing off the <laughs> ground uh, on his own so you know it's those uh most trips i think that they're probably my favorite memories i, I can't really narrow down one I just and they're they're all pretty awesome you know uh, anytime you can fish with family it's it's pretty amazing you know and i get tons of times going out fishing with my dad on uh, lake area when i was a kid and uh you know fishing my brothers um when we we're all uh younger and you just pack us all on the boat and we'd go out and get our limit you know and uh, have a fish fry that weekend so yeah uh, those are some pretty awesome memories too can't wait to make memories like that as a dad once my kid's a little bit older can't wait yeah it's pretty fun you know make it fun for him you know and and uh you know you get them hooked on it and, and even if they it's not their thing just yeah you know just making sure that uh you know they enjoy it for what it is and and uh you know can understand your passion for why you do it it's mm -hmm. it, it's pretty fun so. yeah so if you weren't doing the tournament fishing thing uh what would fishing look like for you oh man i wasn't doing the tournament stuff and i was in the fishing is i you know i'm pretty wally centric in my fishing now just because of the limited time i have with everything else i have going on in my life and probably would be diversified more into doing other just like um you know fishing trips uh outside of uh um i'll say the midwest and traveling to some other places to catch fish but also a ton of just local fishing here i you know I, I, some days you know you, when you're on these uh events where you're traveling away from uh, the great fishing you have here, you, you kind of you kind of kick yourself, you know. You know you're <laughs> the best fishing in the country to go other places, and I, I enjoy the other places. I'm not trying to knock the other places, right? But mm -hmm. we have the best fishing here. It really is. It's it, it, we're we're so fortunate for where we live, and uh, and we're not. You and I don't live very far apart, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So our, our home waters are essentially the same, uh, but. Uh, you know, just spending more time even exploring stuff here. And I fish a lot around here, but uh, I know there's stuff that I still haven't, like, uncovered or were really, like, keyed on on or spent a lot of time on. And then just revisiting some of the stuff that I've done in the past that I've really wanted to kind of just pick apart 
I enjoy learning um, new techniques and new spots and exploring new water even more than just kind of repeating the same old, same old stuff, right? So I think that's why, you know, the tournament stuff still, like, gets me going. And every time we, you know, even if it's pretty far away from home, going to a new body of water, I'm I'm excited. I've got a weird, uh, I guess, good luck streak in the Dakotas and I've done really well out there. It's it's not here. It's not the great lakes. It's nothing like, like this stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, and it's, I don't know. I like to approach it probably differently than maybe some of the locals might out in some of those spots even. So it's, you know, checking out, checking out some of these other places that I just haven't had time to, to go to. That would probably be it. Uh, you know, and that would that would be what my fishing would probably entail, and maybe uh, you know, doing some more uh, other species as well, right? That uh, yeah, just don't spend a lot of time with anymore. Yeah, we're blessed in Michigan. Four out of five Great Lakes prefer Michigan, and there's no shortage of opportunity. We truly are blessed. I'm looking forward to down the road being able to check out some of those great fisheries out of the state further out west and it seems like a lot of the nwt events are kind of more centric out that way it, it is what it is yeah. but uh i don't know there's there's the, the cool thing about fishing is the places it takes you the things you learn and the great people you meet and uh i think you were telling me uh, with fishing a lot of it's a cross-section of life the uh, the people that you interact with um it's just uh i don't know i don't know once you get kind of sucked into it you're part of a a world and a community and it's a lot of fun yeah it really is a it's a good way to put it it's a community and i you know i've made a lot of lifelong friends from just chance encounters and fishing right uh nothing that uh kind of like bonds people in the same way as uh as the the sport of fishing it's really is a it really is a social sport right Mm -hmm. and and uh something that you can enjoy uh with your friends and and uh even when you're off the water just talking about and things like that and uh you know it is it is a is a lifestyle really um when it comes down to it so you know a lot of uh people that uh, you know i shared about with is uh, you know co-anglers of mine like still talk to in some cases you know well, multiple times a month right that uh, mm-hmm. you know um, you know just happened to be uh, paired with in a tournament so um you know great people so i've met a lot of great people uh, through this sport and i'll meet quite a few more i'm sure yeah it's hard to hard to hide yourself and and not let your walls down when you're you're stuck on a boat with someone for a couple hours, uh, more than a couple hours in the a case of event, you know, five eight hours depending on what's going on, especially if you're you know, practicing. But um, yeah, I mean, it. Uh, I think fishing tears down a lot of walls that uh, that would exist in in normal society and culture, and and it helps build bonds between people that would otherwise probably never interact and something special about it that's why i've always been attracted to it and and if uh you know the podcast or whatever if whatever i can do to give back to those that have given to me and help build this passion i'm all for it 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah, same way here. Any any way you can educate people about the sport and and get people excited about it and give it a chance or uh, you know even grow what they they know and and get out of their comfort zone and try new things. It, it makes me excited to see that you know that aha moment in people's heads and mm-hmm. and, and just share what I know and and same time learn more as I go so yeah it's fun yeah and and the other beautiful thing about fishing is uh you know you don't have to have the best the latest and greatest equipment I mean it sure helps and heck I'd I'd love to have that down the road (laughs) eventually but uh you know I'm I'm still getting it done in a 17 and a half foot smoker craft from 2002 and uh I mean, the fishing is accessible to anyone that wants it to be accessible, and, and you can kind of scale it to what you want to do. And it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's something cool. So whenever you hear any of us on the podcast talking about different technology, and you know, oh gosh, that that stuff's really expensive. Um, the point is, it's it's not to you know shame anyone for not having the latest and greatest. We're just talking about the tools of the trade. You know, maybe one day people can get that stuff. I think electronics and uh, technology has become uh, more accessible as time has progressed and i mean you can make fishing what it is i get just as much fun sitting on the bank of a uh, inland lake with a slip bobber and corn fishing for carp as i do fishing for uh big walleyes especially when i'm quarantined for 15 days but uh, <laughs> there you go oh well, yeah it brings it, it takes me to a funny story if we get time to talk about oh yeah day. plenty of time yeah yeah so i've got a couple brothers right you know uh, whether they want to admit it or not but uh um <laughs> my uh older brother and his friend were talking trash to a buddy of mine and i you know we you know at the time we had pretty nice rigs for our age and all that stuff. And, you know, they, they talked all kind of smack. Well, you couldn't catch all those if you didn't have this and you didn't have that and blah, blah, blah. And at the time my daughter was two, right. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody bought her Barbie fishing pole and, uh, you know, she had Barbie fishing poles and Snoopy fishing poles, you know, like little, like little three and a half foot. Maybe they're only three foot rods. Oh, don't knock them! I've caught king salmon on them. So, so uh, Chris and I, uh, Chris Kinsler, we, we bet my brother and his buddy James were like, "Yeah, you know what? Here's what we'll do. You know, afterward we'll go out, we'll fish the river. You guys use everything you have on your boat. We'll take Chris's boat and we'll turn off everything and." <laughs> <laughs> throw it in there we're going to use the barbie poles mm-hmm. we had four barbie poles we took everything else out of the boat we had a handful of you know heavy jigs and some you know plastics and that was it like all right let's go you know how detroit river is in the spring right there's boats everywhere right mm-hmm. you couldn't really get away from anybody so we went to a stretch where we knew we could catch some some decent fish and catch them pretty quick because we only had a couple hours of daylight left and uh we set up and, you know, Chris, it was in Chris's boat and he's up on the bow mount with two Barbie poles and I'm off the back corner with two Barbie poles and we're jigging, you know, and he's in a, you know, glittery Ranger boat and we're all, you know, we've got combined, you know, you know, $40 of rods in our hands between all <laughs> 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 with, with the line that came on them. 
that was the other part that the other condition oh, we only we the, the best line that came out of mono only right? the best line oh it was great you know it's like you know like a bungee cord mm-hmm. so uh, we're digging away in in some deeper water and just hammering fish just hammering them right and with that mono on it you know 25 30 feet of water they would have the jig down their throat you know cause <laughs> you, you you had no idea when they were sucking it in you mm-hmm. know it was just you'd it was a it was a presence bite right you you'd go to lift up and there was weight on it and then you'd feel it thumping and with that sweet one-to-one gear ratio you know you, mm-hmm. you'd winch on that thing as fast as you could we smoked them right <laughs> we, we had we had the, but the funny part was a guy came up next to us and, and i don't know in sense of humor again kicks in right so he he says oh boy you guys must have a lot of time on your hands for for doing that and i'm like yeah we're having fun you know and just having a good time that's what fishing's about right and uh he's like yeah yeah well you guys how you guys doing he's like i've i've got three of them like oh yeah we've got our limit already and he's like well you must have been out all day i'm like yeah i know we've been out here for an hour and a half and he just turned his motor on and drove away (laughs) never to be seen again Mm -hmm. so i was like "Ah, i didn't mean to like make him mad but it was kind of funny that you know he assumed right um just because we were goofing around a little bit that uh we didn't know what we were doing but uh yeah it just do what you can with what you got right Mm -hmm. and uh you know be smart about with what what you have you know if if even you know even fishing the Great Lakes, I remember as a as a kid, we were fished in a, a smaller boat, uh, quite a bit. But we were just smart about what we did and the days we picked, and you know the wind direction and all that stuff, and, and didn't push it past uh, what we could do. And I've caught a lot of fish offshore too. You know, I, you know, I was talking about earlier the biggest walleye I caught still was from shore. You know, uh, with a with a spinning rod in my hand and you know a total of a you know probably 50 cents of a jig on the end of it so yeah um you know do with do what you can get out there enjoy the sport and uh you know you just progress to whatever you feel comfortable with you know i'm not pushing anybody to go buy anything it's you know but there's people like um that like me that'll keep kind of going and trying new things and that's part of you know the fortunate part about what i do and yeah uh, and uh, you know kind of my situation so mm-hmm. um you know and hopefully hopefully everybody can find a way to 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 enjoy it in whatever way that they can right so. yeah definitely i uh and to your point i mean the, the first tournament i can remember uh yeah uh, my dad and I won was one out of a 1973 Thompson, just a big beast of a tuna boat on Lake St. Clair for walleye fishing. And, uh, you know, we were outgunned, definitely the slowest boat in that. <laughs> it was Lake St. Clair Classic, I think, 2014. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the last Michigan walleye tour, we were probably the slowest boat, too, a 1980s Lund, affectionately named DB2. And uh, she's loud mm-hmm. and slow, but, heck, we got it done. But, uh, yeah, it's it's not necessarily always about the equipment. It certainly helps, but it's about the passion and putting in the work and hard work always pays off whether you're tournament fishing or just trying to catch lunch or dinner. It, it, you're never going to go wrong putting in the work. 